You're listening to episode nine of Undervalued. Our guest on today's episode is Praful Shaw. After a long and successful career in pharmaceuticals, Praful has spent his retirement helping startups in tech and science. We discuss his career as an angel investor, why he loves investing in female entrepreneurs and more. Thanks for listening. Is it because the coffee? I guess. We're not giving you coffee anymore. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Our episode today has a fabulous guest, Praful Shaw. And and I was lucky enough to meet you when you were on a panel. Oh, thank you. For women who start up. (laughs) Yes. And you were so spunky um, and so authentic and so um, just spoke, told it like it was. You are spunky. That's a good Isn't word. he? You might be our spunkiest guest. Yeah. No, thank you because that was my nickname when I was in grad school. No. <laughs> really? I had a bit more energy than now. <laughs> I don't believe that. You were the ever ready bunny then because you are really got a lot of energy. Thank you. So um, we were hoping we could start and ask a couple uh, on your background. Sure. Uh, so thank you for inviting me here. Uh, thanks, Ronnie. I... Grew up in a small village in India, finished high school there, came to New York City for college, studied chemistry, and I spent my whole life uh, in biotech and pharmaceutical companies. Uh, Retired about 10 years ago, and I've been just helping out uh, startup companies as an angel investor. Awesome. And what I don't really know what an angel investor is. That's fabulous. I'll just be honest. That's good. I'd love to have you... You help us understand that. I think I know, but it's always nice stuff. <laughs> Wendy's like, I know. Ronnie doesn't. Explain you, it to I her. I did not say it that way. No, no. But <laughs> And lots of people don't know what it is. Uh, typically, an angel investor gives money or provides capital uh, to a startup companies in exchange for some type of debt or equity or basically ownership in the company. Okay. So, like Shark Tank? In in a way, okay. yes, in a way. Okay. Yeah. But and Shark Tank is a reality TV show. That's not that's, real life. Okay. okay. And I would that was one of the questions I had to ask. Do you ever watch Shark, Shark oh, Tank? Oh, I watched watched last night. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it comes on Sunday night at eight on ABC. Here. And and how when you're watching it, what are the things you think? Like that's not how it works. Or the positive part of the Shark Tank is. It is educational. It provides information for the startup companies as to what type of questions people ask, and also the investor to see what interesting ideas the panelists may have. Uh, as far as the how real it is, no, it's it's more like a uh, reality TV show. So it's, it's scripted. Probably it's <coughs> it's got a producer that kind of does the yeah typically twists and turns. Yeah, typically probably. it's two hours. Uh, of filming and it's edited down to 15 minutes episode is what we see wow oh. yeah. wow and because angel investors aren't actually that 
mean, are they? You don't strike me as nearly no. as mean as some of those guys. They can be cutthroat. Yeah. Right. They're ruthless. Well, these are the billionaires, and the angel investors are not typically billionaires. They are typically, of course, they have to be at least a million dollars uh, in net worth to be angel investors. Oh, and there okay. are a couple of other yes. uh, mm-hmm. requirements. We're trying to help out startup companies at very, very early stage versus the VCs or what you see on Shark Tank is is people who has lots of connection and lots of money. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And how did you get into <clears throat> being an angel investor? I did not know what an angel investor was or I had no idea what I'll be doing after retirement except I wanted to help out. Uh, a friend's friend in Boulder told me about this high-speed internet company that's involved in in stock trade. And he says, oh, you put the money in, I'll be making a ton of money. Uh, and had the right connections and had the right pedigree. And along about the same time, uh, I happened to meet this woman uh, who was starting a chai company, was a divorced woman with two-year-old twins. Oh, wow. And, uh, like I, chai tea? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, I said, well, I'll be making so much money in the internet company, I'll just help out this young uh, mom of two-year-old twins. Yes. Well, it turns out this woman, Brooke, who is starting Bhakti Chai in Boulder, she... <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> so uh, I helped her out, and she's doing phenomenal, and I... Yeah. While uh, this internet fast uh, internet company, I lost all my money fast. Really? Uh, yeah. So I learned my lesson. Amazing. Uh, that, that is. So I learned my lesson as to if I'm trying to help out a woman, I do really well. If I'm trying to make money, I lose it all. <laughs> so that's how I got into the the uh, impact space, and also how I got into helping out more women. Okay, uh, and so is that what kind of inspired you to invest in female-owned businesses? That's yes, that was one of the early, early indication. As as I mentioned, I had all science background, so I look at data much more than than just word of mouth. And then I, over the years, I, in addition to that, I found out that most of my losses are fast and are the one company started by men. Really? So they fail fast. They when you fail, say they, they fail. fail fast and they lose fast. Wow. And they lose a lot more money. So it's like that go big thing. And go fast, go big. And there's nothing to show for me. Other thing that bothered me a lot about the, the man losing the, the money is that toward the end, they just completely disappeared, and including this internet company. I did not find out that they had shut down or they were shutting down uh, from them. They just simply, oh. and some like shirk off into the. They just gone. Shadows. That's it. Yes. Well, that's not very considerate. Yes. Whereas, so that's how would that, you have liked it to be? Oh, that's why I like investing in women. Yeah, uh, several things. One is the perseverance. They actually hang in there. They don't give up. Uh, women typically uh, ask for directions, help. Uh, oh, okay, I could see that. And they are much more considerate in several respects. One is, of course, when they are 
failing or, or having trouble, they come and tell you. Uh, other amazing thing I like is uh, for the women founder company is that even though I'm, I'm one of the earliest investor helping out and put just a small amount of money compared to the money that's coming in much later. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they continue to, to inform me as well as keep in touch with me. I've okay. had several companies which has literally made tens of millions of dollars and I put maybe a few thousand dollars to get them started. But they wow. still... They're so appreciative. So appreciative. In fact, uh, I won't give you the name of the company, but just uh, over the holidays, they had a, one of the companies had a Christmas party and the only investor they invited was me <laughs> because I wrote the first check and I, wow. it was the smallest check. Wow. But you were the first one to like believe in them and back yeah. them. And, I and, them. and from a company that's gotten angel investment with my own startup, I, the first check means so much. I mean, think about us, our first sponsor, right? Oh, yeah. It just <clears throat> means so much to have people believing you to the point they'll write you a check. Yes, it really so, does. But the, right. the thing that um, I love so much about what you said about uh, when you were in it to make money versus and being not as successful as when you wanted to help people, I have found that when people, women and men, go after their vocation that same way, they flourish, right? If you can find a, a job, uh, and especially a career where you're really passionate about what, what you're doing, it's almost like um, getting better grades in a class you like. Yeah. It's easier. Right. So I love that that lesson goes across so many. And then so the many. money just follows. <clears throat> the money follows, right? Love it. And one of the reasons the angel investors are called angel is because most companies fail. And mm-hmm. I know that right off, right at get-go. Mm-hmm. And that's why it really takes angelic view to say, so I'm going to help out this company. I love that. <laughs> that's cute. So, so if you invest in a company after they've already had a few other investors and they're already doing well that that would not be like where's the cutoff between an angel investment and just a normal investment a VC. well vcs when when does it get to the vc point oh, okay. it's different for each companies uh typically people like myself the angel investors help them get started and once they start generating some revenue mm-hmm. and they need more than a million dollars is when either the funds or vcs start looking at it Okay. The big VCs typically don't come in until what they call Series B or Series C round, where they, they're putting maybe $5 million plus. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. So what I loved about you the most is that you've had fabulous results from your women-owned p- companies. That's correct. Right? Well, yeah, Bach teach when, I. When, well, and <laughs> the I number... I probably drank three of those this week. <laughs> and the number of firms you've invested do you know how many companies you've invested in it's about 75 companies 75 oh wow and over that time you you've kind of been able to see who who does uh well and who doesn't right, right? um and statistically out of 75 uh only 10 percent supposed to succeed oh, that's wow. the rule of thumb so i would expect out of 75 or so probably 65 to 70 will die Wow. Although in my case, I think I've been very fortunate. Uh, two-thirds of them are still alive. Wow. Amazing. And what makes you invest in a company? 
the most important aspect is the founder. Ooh. And what Ev- about him? Everything else comes afterwards. I like, I must like the the person, and then second part is the social impact, I- impact in general. It must have some impact. And the reason is simple. I've learned that there is a 90 to 95% chance that I will lose my money. Mm-hmm. So I want my money to do good, even if I lose. So if I were to lose my money in a company that's doing good, I feel I don't feel as bad about it. So yeah. so while they were around, <clears throat> they did good. Right. That's the coolest. Yeah, exactly. So my, my def- definition of impact is how bad do I feel when I lose money? <laughs> how sad you are when you lose money <laughs> if, if you're super sad <laughs> that means it wasn't much of a social impact okay. yeah i love that yeah and give us one example of one of the companies that is you know socially oh my gosh impactful just just about all of them i <laughs> i would think uh the one i i really like uh, is a several companies i like uh, the one i just happened to talk to the founder is Heather Potters from PharmaJet, which is a needle-free injection for vaccines. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's, How? What? How, How do they work? do it? It's simple. It's, the purpose of a needle is to take liquid from one container to other container, right? Right. What if you make the liquid itself as the needle by pushing it hard and fast enough as a tiniest little micro stream? Wow. That is so weird you said that because I was talking to my coworker today and she had to go to the doctor and she goes, I hope they don't make me get a shot. And she's like deadly afraid. Most people are. No one loves it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's brilliant. Especially for vaccines and giving to the kids. Yes. Oh, that's just amazing. Yeah. I think that company's doing really, really well. Uh, I love that. Just happened to talk to them. I can. Probably take up all two hours going through all the companies. All the companies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have a, primarily tech companies, though. No, no, I have just a, all over the board. all over Silver Nest uh, with Wendy. Your name's like Wendy Burkhard. Yes. Uh, she has an interesting app where people, mostly elderly people who need a younger person as a roommate. Oh. Uh, so they. I love that. And. Uh, so That's that, great. that young person would do lots of house chores or a lot of simple ah. things that older person needs to be done. Okay. Keep doing. That's neat. Oh, uh, yeah. And then when you're a little old lady, I'll be your roommate. Wendy. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah. <laughs> we will scare people. <laughs> <laughs> they will see us coming. Won't yeah, they? and that one is There's working really room. well. <laughs> yeah. Or lots of older people, especially single uh, women, who needs additional income, mm-hmm. and then they have really very good system of of making sure they check all the background right I love that oh yeah and then they have because they probably own the homes and the right. younger people are tenants exactly okay. and especially like in a college town area yeah wow and, that and, is really smart yeah and it's a lot cheaper to rent a room in a house and it's it's very cheap for the college kids too yeah. Moving in there. Yeah, so it a, works out really well for both. Right. Yeah, both it's a win win. I love it's, it. It's kind of similar to, I know, a few students <clears throat> in college who will live with a family and they provide like childcare. So then they get discounted. Right? Same, same concept. Same concept. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's so important because all the research is being done about intergenerational um, effectiveness on the older people in the homes and in these. 
environments <coughs> that actually having the younger kids impact them, keeps them vital, keeps them sharp. Oh, so yeah. there's all kinds of benefits, right? Yeah, you might learn about Instapot, uh, Instapot, Insta- <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> In, what's it called? Instapot? Yeah, Instapot. You know, you know Insta- Have, do you know what Instapot is? No. You don't even know it. It cooks. It's like a pressure cooker. Oh, but I've it, heard of those. You're so funny. It's, you were thinking the P.O.T., like the <laughs> Colorado P.O.T., no, weren't you? Yeah. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a dire need for that too, actually, now that you mentioned. That's a cool idea. Instapot. <laughs> I should talk to my other, that uh, pharma jet. The, you the, should. The one about the the vaccine company. See yeah, if they can say, modify that. Just make a little, oh, just yes. make a little tweak in your, in your vertical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a di- I should tell her. <laughs> all, the credit goes, all the credit goes to Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want royalties or whatever the proper investment term is. <laughs> So when you heard us um, talk to you about our podcast and then the name of it, Undervalued, how did that hit you? And have you ever been undervalued? Probably over the, you know, 40 plus years of career, I'm sure. It just, I didn't worry too much about it, partly because I was lazy (laughs) or or didn't care. Yeah. You were just too dense to even care. Oh, they were... too dense was the other one no, I was looking no, for. Never, never. We say that nicer. Yes. Or we should be. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you give someone that's actually a little more sensitive to it? Because I wish that I'd had a lot tougher skin when I was, especially when it started to kind of wear on me after a while. Mm-hmm. I guess I will start with the same advice I give it to a white man or a black woman. Uh, a general advice would be look in the mirror, make sure that you deserve you are and the reason being you need to have the self confidence you need to feel comfortable that yes, I deserve it I'm undervalued, so you need to feel comfortable in your own skin first that you feel like you deserve to be valued right oh that's interesting that's, that would be the first thing I'll tell everyone, yeah, and then you can ask. Uh, your confident friends or mentors. And no matter where you are, there are always good people. I think that's that's probably the biggest misconception uh, a lot of people have. Yeah. You just need to find them. Uh, and some of the people may not come across or know you, but deep down they want to help you. Wow. Uh, so wow. you always just find those people. And, and if you are there, they'll you'll, you'll move up. Wow. Did you have a mentor when you were younger that was special to you? Not a mentor per se. I don't think I knew much about that concept uh, when I was young. But I had lots of people along the way that helped me out, mm-hmm. including the school in you know, advisors in school. Uh, I had some wonderful bosses that set me up uh, in the right tracks, which also meant that when I had lousy bosses, it was difficult to put up with them. <laughs> Right, because you had the experience of having a really good boss. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved, I I went back and looked at my notes from when I interviewed you for the book, and you said something that stuck with me. I looked at the exact words you used, and you said that when I asked you about mentors and getting people to give you feedback, you said most people like to talk and most people like to give advice. The hard part is taking the advice. And you were very clear to take advice from someone you trust, 
someone who has been successful in that arena, we can see a lot of people giving advice, getting adv advice from the wrong people. Right. People that have not accomplished or have no real valuable input. Well, it's not even valuable. It's like it hadn't been vetted. Right. Correct. Right. So sometimes we just want advice so badly we don't look at the source as 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 hard as we should. Or you'll ask ten different people and then you'll just listen to the advice that you want to that hear. you want to hear. Yes. Even if it's one person said it and nine people are giving you the opposite advice. Yeah. That that's interesting perspective also on, on the companies I've invested in and uh, the founders that ask me for advice are the one do not need advice. I have. That's the most interesting part. The people who need the most advice don't ask. Don't, don't ask. Oh my wow. goodness. Well, probably because it's a vicious cycle <clears throat> where you don't want to ask advice, and then you end up in a worse situation, and then you don't want to ask. And you end up in a. You know what I mean? Yes. People are constantly asking for help and, and being lifelong learners. Right. Are the I, ones, I think yeah. the, the successful people are the world who are are the ones who are always learning. And. You went on to say, sadly, the people who know less give more advice and talk the most. <laughs> and I went, wow. <laughs> right? So, Mic drop, kind of. <laughs> Boy, so, how many times has that hit me? So I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you are um, one of those people that is wise and quiet. Uh, when we've talked, you do as much listening and asking as you do talking. So even though I'm a little scared, because I think you might get the big head after how spunky you came in here at the beginning. But... <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. It sounds stressful. Like... Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that I don't have enough time and money to help out everybody. I, I see probably 100 plus companies every year, maybe more. Wow. Uh, and I just can't help every one of them. Right. On the other hand, I, I do make connections for them. Oh, that's oh, okay. fabulous. Yeah, so I can just say, this person or do this. In yeah. fact, when I saw you this morning... Yes, uh, you were making a connection. Exactly, and I told that person to send me the pitch deck and fix it up and who I should send it to. That's great. Yeah. It sounds stressful to me in the sense that you invest your money and then just don't have a lot of control over what happens. <laughs> That sure. Like That's why you have to pick your horse right. right? Yeah. It's, a, it's like gambling on a horse. Yeah. Or I'm hoping it's a lot better than that. <laughs> Maybe a little more thought yeah. goes into yeah. it. <laughs> Not really. You know, the, the odds of making money in a horse horse racetrack are about the same as angel investing. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my god. Do you gamble? Do you play no. poker or, or blackjack or go to Vegas? Or... No, no, but I do know those games. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't like playing I them. I don't really care. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I I, I could play, but it's not. No, I don't. I don't gamble. Because but I gamble enough on a much higher stakes in oh, Indian investing. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's enough gambling. <laughs> yeah, well, now I went to Vegas and played poker, and it was stressful. It was like I, I thought people went to Vegas to have fun. This is not fun. Were you drinking? Evidently, not enough. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right. <laughs> I remember playing poker on in a casino one time, on just maybe a quarter or something like that. And I played maybe like an hour or so with a dollar, and I ended up with dollar twenty-five. 
cents. Twenty-five percent. Twenty-five percent in an hour. I was yeah. pretty. What, what year was that? Can you even gamble with just a dollar? But on a on a poker machine. Oh, yeah. video oh, video machine. You know video oh, machine. Okay, okay. You sit. Yeah. In, no, no, not that. Oh, it's the yeah. You know, and you sit on a bar, buttons. sit on a bar, yeah. and yes, you just just yes, play yes, while yes. you're drinking. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow, so, man. So you're very successful in that arena. Yeah, I stopped when I was ahead. Do you do you think of yourself as successful? In some respect, yeah, and not in the sense that I could do more, I could have done more, but you, I and that's I I hope that's the case with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You, I think you. I don't know anybody that thinks I've made it. I'm done. Then they right? should be moving on to the next world. It, ooh, <laughs> and that means. In the ground, uh, <laughs> I think, is what he was alluding to, right? Or reincarnation. Like, like you're done. Or reincarnation, right? next life. Yeah, that's yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. That could be We're it open too. to all sorts of possibilities. <laughs> yes, <it's laughs> okay. Ronnie being all politically correct. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, so when you say you think you have, what makes you feel like you you have made it? Oh, many things. You know, of course, I worked in the research in the pharmaceutical companies, working on the new disease, coming up with new drugs. And then the second half of my life and career was developing those drugs and actually seeing it in the pharmacy. So that's what I did, making the final formulations and ready to go to the market. And now I'm helping out hundreds of companies directly or indirectly. Oh, exactly. And and hopefully most if not most, some of them will be successful and I'll feel pretty good that I had a small part in it. And what's some of the advice you've given companies that have have been hard for them to hear? It costs more than you think and it takes longer to get your sales and revenue than you think and all your revenue forecast is not correct. (laughs) And hardest part is to tell the entrepreneur that your world-class team, which every single person says they have the world-class team. Right. Isn't world-class. Isn't world-class. Wow. And the chances of any company getting additional fundings are much tougher than than they realize. Every single company has had to suffer, despite what you see on Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's much tougher to get the funding. Yeah. And I remember you talking about how you've gone to some companies and made folks change chairs, change positions in order f- to get your your investment because you knew um, they just weren't doing the right roles. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a couple of companies, they have listened. One company did not listen, and they eventually failed. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, that's a hard, hard decision for them also because by the time who has decided to be CEO, that person feels like he's the CEO, typically it's a man, and then a woman ends up being the co-founder, typically, as the CEO. But more often than not, it should be the other way. Really? Yeah. So you've made that recommendation to companies before? To Not too many, but yes, a couple of companies, yes. Okay. And there's been some that have said okay and made the switch? Well, it's only couples. So I don't have enough eggs. <laughs> enough, <Yeah>. enough, <laughs> enough. But just uh, that that's happened once before is... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that. I mean, you, you seem like you're a good judge of people. Well, it's also when you talk to them and having seen so many companies, you know what investors are looking at, what the customer is looking at. 
uh, a person who is exceptionally good in, in coding and, and, and coming up with a cool idea, but that's all they want to do and that's what they'll be good at. So they think they'll be the best CEO, but in fact, they'll be better off developing the product. CTO or yeah, head or of engineering. CEO, chief scientific officer yes. or, or CTO or, or CEO, yeah. And the CEO really needs to have what skills to be successful? But the most important skill, I would think, is to be able to convince uh, investors and potential customers that their product and their company is the right one for them. It is, it's, the, it's the innate ability to convince. And to show how the world needs it just as much as, yeah, as they need to when invest. When they're starting out. And I think once the company is established, then the second type of CEO is actually to manage the com- company within. Wow. And that could be two different people. Yes. And lots of times uh, after the company has been around for a few years, the VC, the venture capitalists, they would come and ask the CEO to step down and bring their own CEO Oh, and because it's up. not, it's not the, the right personality type or person for that next stage. Right. And that's got to be hard too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is <clears throat> for, for a founder because they feel like they're losing the control. control. But if they were willing to step aside and let someone basically scale up, because when you come to scale up, especially on a large scale, uh, larger scale, it's a different set of skills one needs. Mm-hmm and a personality one needs than just simply starting out on a small mom and pop store. Right. That makes sense. And no one talks about this. Right. And have you had to say that to some of the companies that you've invested in? No, because by the time they get to that stage, I'm Mr. Nobody. (laughs) And the VCs are telling them what they need. Yes, yeah. So they get to deliver the message even though you know it. Right. It's kind of like with kids. Yeah. Your friends are going to teach you the stuff I've been already trying to teach you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are dense children, too, so that don't sometimes understand that, right? That's why make sure that your kids have kids so they'll appreciate you more. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, do they, right? I never knew how much I appreciate my mom till I had my kids. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Do you have kids? No, I have so many nieces and nephews and great nieces and great nephews that my hands are full. Yes. (laughs) And you know this this statistic around uh, 56% of women leave in tech, twice the extra rate of men. Um, How would you change that or why do you think that is? Well, I actually look at it a little differently. I think it's great that these women are finding their own path. And... uh, doing something with even much more useful for their own lives. I have several companies uh, where these women were doing phenomenal in their own company and started their own companies. Uh, I mentioned PharmaJet, uh, Silvernest, uh, P2BI, all local companies. Uh, they all could be doing phenomenal in, in, in the big companies, but doing amazing here. So I do not take it as, as a negative. So it's a whole different way to look at that. That is. That's. Although I will say, I think that if you, I don't think you fall into that 57% if you leave a bigger company and then start your own tech startup. You would still be in tech. I don't think you'd be one of the Oh yeah, that's 57% true. that are leaving. So a lot of the tech women that are leaving want to go to a nonprofit because they're just fed up with, you know, the male dominated tech industry. 
and they don't have that it seems like that thick skin like you did where you could kind of let things fling off of you almost like you had Teflon. I I thought of that all the time. I wish I had thicker skin. I wish this didn't wear on me the way it does. I wish I had thicker skin all the time, (laughs) like every day. (laughs) Right? I'm not sure whether that's the problem of thicker skin or the fact that the women are a lot wiser and they learn (laughs) that uh, they need to do some good with their lives. And I think a lot of women are living uh, not only tech, also Wall Street and other areas. As you know, I'm coming to a point in my life and I want to do something good. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. It could be a com- I think it could be totally be a combination of the environments not being suited for women or being negative, and also women ha- kind of having a calling to help people and well that's where I did that's where I got to when I left you know after 30 years and I kind of left at the top of my salary producing years at the top of my game per se uh it was to start over and to figure out if I could make an impact around this gender equality (laughs) issue that's kind of stalled so it was you also got pushed out because of but that was early. That was 20 years in. This time I chose. Oh. Remember, it was when I left the, I was looking around and had the three interviews. Right. And kind of saw who I was going to be reporting to and running sales for mm-hmm. in these mid-level tech companies. And said, no, thank you. And said, wow, they're really sexist. And this is kind of all about profits. And I think I'm done with this mm-hmm. after 30 years. And I want to do something different. Right. What am I meant to do? I don't have enough data, but I do know a few women who had breast cancer. And uh, and that pushed them. That pushed them over the like, edge to go and do something just for the world. And that was the life is short, right? Yes. And we don't have <clears throat> unlimited time. Right. And we never know when we're going to have to make those decisions or, or be at the end of our uh, health-wise, right? Because sometimes we, we're we at the top of our game. We don't think about um, this is limited. But see, my dad died at 61, and it was such a push for me. I mean, he, he, he worked for AT&T, and um, I ended up actually seeing him retire at 50, and he died at 61. He had 11 years to enjoy, you know, his life instead of just work, work, work. <clears throat> so I think that makes a difference. Yeah, when I was growing up in India, I saw so many people dying and seen death it was so common that has left a big impression on me. My own parents died when I was in basically in high school. Wow, oh my both. Gosh. Yeah. So it it uh, you think differently about life. When mm-hmm. you have big losses wow. early in life. Wow. And have you had any of that, Ronnie? Mm, not really. Not yet. Hopefully I, not You're soon. lucky. You're yeah. lucky, right? But it does make you look at your... Is Do you think that's why you retired a little earlier? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. How old were you when, when you retired? 55. That's Man, fabulous. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I'm still alive. <laughs> didn't expect to live this long. Exactly. You didn't expect to live this long? I don't know. He's like, oh, well, 50s, and my parents are passed away in their 50s, so I didn't think I'll... Yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing okay. Yeah. You seem very sprightly and healthy to me. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, and you say you have no, you've not really had any health issues. Right. That's correct. That's fabulous. It's funny because, um, Praful, you're, you're a little small statured. A little shorter. So I do not complain about the airplane seats. <laughs> okay, that's how you know he's a positive person. That is you, totally You it. go, so you're short. And he yes. goes, yeah, airplanes. It's great. Yes, it's great. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm going to Ghana this Friday. So I, every, you know, other people are taking business class. I said, I'll just take coach class. It's fine for me. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get lost in that big seat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my god. That's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, cut what that off. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was totally wrong. It's totally wrong. Um, but have you? Do you feel like it has impacted, or you've ever been judged on? Probably. Really. But I had enough spunk, I guess, <laughs> to <laughs> not worry about it. Yeah. I actually, I I was small even in my school, which had all the short people. I was the short of the short ones. Wow. So it didn't affect me. I love that. And it was funny because I have only been an angel investor in one company. And it hit me because I was tired of not knowing the companies I was invested in in the stock market. And I wanted where I put my money to matter. And so it's actually uh, Alzheimer's set of homes in Arvada where they have a different model smaller um, mm -hmm. eight different um, residents in a, in a smaller house and it's more of a family atmosphere and they uh, do some creative things that make it easier for the Alzheimer's and dementia patients to flourish and I, I've been so excited to watch that investment over the last you know four or five years be successful and it matters to that me. That feels really good. It feels great yeah. right? And all of my family said, you're being crazy. You could lose your money. And I said, well, to me, I, when I gave it to them, I treated it like it was already gone. That's the best approach for angel investing is when you invest, think of it, you're not going to see it back. Right. And you're doing some good. That's fabulous. And I have had some returns to continue what I'm doing. So I've had some success in getting some money out. Mm -hmm. That's great. What they call exits, yeah. But I, what I love about your career is even in your pharmaceutical start of your career, you were doing good. Yes, you, I, I worked. always, I, that's been a theme with your right. life. Yes, I always worked on disease that had essentially no cure for it, and I enjoyed working on those. But you never thought about continuing that? I'm actually helping out... Uh, company right now she's working on antibiotics resistance so you have oh. continued just in a different way right just advising wow okay. kind of almost at the next level like higher strategic level right right yeah. i mean even the i think you said you was you're invested in searscan which is right. um, john a, kelly's ceo that's brain scan imaging, yeah. Which is fabulous. This is the one I told you about that does the imaging and the data analysis to help PTSD, 
NFL concussions. It's so cool. Okay. And it's in Boulder. It's one of the folks I wanted to have on the podcast as a guest. Yeah, that sounds awesome. He's in and Denver. He's in Denver. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, he's one of my portfolio companies. And talk about social impact. Then I have one other one talking about uh, health. Is one that just looks at the spots in your lungs and tells you whether it's potentially cancerous or just uh, what they call nodules in your lungs. Yes. That's doing pretty well. I have talking about the healthcare arena. That was a drug that did not work in humans, but they had done initial studies in dogs. So they decided they'll go back and just use this drug as a cure for cancer for dogs. So. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. They're like, why not? And yeah. People so, treat their dogs like, yeah. the, like so people. They are, it's an approved drug now for yes. cancer uh, in, in dogs. In dogs. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So you, I think Wendy told me that you are, the companies you're investing in, about half are owned by women. Started. Started by women. Started, started by women. Which women, is women founded. Rough, roughly, roughly, yeah. That is like wildly different from just statistically yeah. the number of businesses that are owned by women. And one reason I, there are several reasons. The VCs typically invest uh, in less than 5% of the women-owned businesses. Okay. So that's yeah. a big gap there. Yes. Yeah. So you're Huge at 50 gap. and most people are at 5. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is that, I just am curious, like, is that because you are passionate about gender equality and you want to get more women in the entrepreneurial game or are you is it more of like a strategic move like you really think that the women will be more successful and it's a all three all three okay and the fact that they'll remember me even if they fail the what <laughs> they will rem- they will remember me even if they oh, fail okay, okay, <laughs> and be okay. considerate and come back Consi- and talk to yeah. him right and thank him probably for the investment just a whole different way mm-hmm. of it's like the difference in how some people break up with their girlfriend or boyfriend and how others. That, that's a good it, analogy. It, it, yeah. It's like <laughs> I've had boyfriends that just slunk away, right? And I've and they're the ones that I wish I'd never dated. Right. And then there's right? ones that let you down that softly. Come and talk to you about it and say, it's not you, it's me. No. <laughs> I think it's so cool that you've ended up investing in so many more female-owned companies than most investors not just to say that you did it and to say, oh, I'm such a gender intelligent leader. I invest <laughs> in all these women. You do it because that's what like really works for you. And, has and made they you make successful. money. I, they I, make money. I, I tell my investor friends, number one, they make more money for me. <laughs> I just love that. Isn't that fabulous? <laughs> it is. So yeah. if you were to tell and give that advice um, to women, you said earlier to get angel investment because that's a tough stage right uh, when you're bootstrapping and you're trying to figure out how to do it on your own and you finally say i gotta have some outside money but you don't you can't get to vcs yet so right. you're in the stage of angel investment the biggest thing is how you portray yourself right that's right and having your story together for what you're going to do in the world and how you're going to make your business successful it did and how the investor is going to get his or her money, money back. back. So have a great story for that. That's correct. Yeah. What's the best? Do you remember the best story you had for that? An oh. example? Several. Uh, probably PharmaJet had their partners uh, when I saw her first time uh, telling me about the product, how it works, what it does. 
and her background and what she was doing as a, a herself as a, a VC in Europe. And she gave up her wonderful career to join her mother in, in the passion of coming up with this, this product. Wow. So that, wow. And what a the, story. Yeah. That was the, the one that got the, the needle free. Oh, oh, needle oh free, yes, yes, yes. Right. Okay. So, oh, wow. And so that's how you know that she's really passionate about it. If she right. left she's not, all that behind. And she's not going to let her mama fail. Right. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, seriously. Right. Yeah. And her mother called and yeah, so that was, that's, and I mean, this, you know, like Wendy from Silver West, when I met her, she told me what she's trying to do and, and what the problems are. And of course, my age, I recognize those and, and sympathize with those problems and what she's trying to do. And I says, wow, this is amazing, especially living around Boulder area where the college kids are always looking for a cheap place to live. Yes, sure. Yeah. And it's a win-win for both, like you talked about. Oh, yeah. Wow. But it's good to have that option. Oh, yeah, this kid, you know. I hate to say the use word, but the college kids are kids for me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then, oh, yeah, I see, I could have this kid can just shovel or do instead, something for me instead of me worried instead, about it. Right. Yeah. Our neighbors here are 88. And so I went out and shoveled their, their little, <laughs> just coming into their path, garage. Yeah. And she called up and said, would you please tell Chris, thank you for shoveling my garage. <laughs> And I said, I will tell him, but it was actually me. What is oh, that? you do that. So I told Chris, and Chris went, now they think I'm a big slacker. <laughs> like, Wendy, get out there and shovel. You oh know? And God. I said, no. Oh, Lots of unconscious bias in all of these oh arenas, right? Oh, my God. So oh, that reminds me. It's, I'll tell you two stories about their unconscious bias. One was they give the exact same pitch to a bunch of investors same everything same a uh, woman and a man uh women and men but the interesting part was the good looking tall man got the most funding the average looking men were the second best oh. the third one was older women and the fourth one was young attractive Women. Wow. Yeah. So Interesting. So the older woman got more funding than the attractive younger woman. Right. Attractive younger women gets more connections or call. They they actually get more meetings, but don't get the funding. Yes. Wow. Ugh. Well, and I'll never forget. It's one of the companies I'm friends with the uh, PD, PD. B2BI? Yes. Krista B2BI. Morgan. Krista told me when I was talking to women about for input into the book, how she, when she was going after investment, she took a meeting out in California and the guy listened to her and afterwards he said, I took the meeting because you were pretty. I'm not going to invest in your company. God, said it to her. So, tool. It's tough. I so, was, so I was the your... first, I was the first investor in Christmas. And you were. <laughs> wow. But you could see oh, she's could got see. her she is so smart. stuff together. Yeah. So back to your story, who got more? So, okay, so it went most attractive man, man, man. middle attractive, attractive man, man, older woman, older woman, attractive, younger woman. Then 
what they call the foreign-looking or the blacks and oh, the, men. Uh, people and of color. Men of this. color. Well, men of color who, I, I don't know if they did this or not, but if I were to guess, I'm not sure. If, I don't remember if there was a part of the study or not. Sure. But I think if they were short, old, ugly-looking men, probably they wouldn't get funding. If I had to guess, I don't think they So did you that. wouldn't have gotten any funding being shorter. I, I, I did. Fortunately, I never looked for it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was always in a position to be giving out money than yes. looking for it. So. Yeah, man. So being attractive helps you if you're a man. Yes. Basically. That Much is so more than, interesting. It's, it's like Michael said in the earlier episode, there's a pecking order. Yeah. And where do you fit on it? <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. Right? And remember mm-hmm. he said and when the, the Italians came in um, to town... His his whole um, nationality went up a level mm-hmm. because now they were at the bottom. It's sad. I think not everybody, but a lot of people like to have some to feel good. In order to feel them superior, somebody has to be an inferior. Yes. And yes. this is one of the reasons lots of men uh, have this bias. Right. So yes. the other interesting uh, uh, story uh, is when I give presentations, I show this slide. Uh, a chart. This was done between 2002 and 2014 uh, of Fortune 1000 companies. They bought the stock when a woman took over and sold the stock when women left that company. Mm-hmm. And they compared that data with S&P 500 in those 12 years, including the big recession in 2008. S&P 500 was about 120 percent mm-hmm. increase. The women owned, or or when the people bought the stock, when the women took over the company, that was three times better returns. Three wow. times wow. was 345 percent or something like that. Amazing, yes. man! Talk about girl power. Girl exactly, power, yes. and, and I'll, it's I'll financials. It. It's economic. And it was there was just. As objective as you can get, because right. you yeah. just look at the S&P 500 data, look yeah. at this, when and there was absolutely no no thinking, no analysis, nothing. Yes. You just simply buy when she when she takes over, you sell when she sells, and that's it. Wow. Man. And we, do you have any? Sorry, my no, please. please. Do you, um, I have the chart. Yeah, yes, we'd I would love, love to, to have, have the it. Chart. That's yeah. one of my favorite charts. I always talk about. That's why I remember the numbers. <laughs> yeah, we'd love the graphic. Yeah. Do Do you ever get reactions from men? Seeing that chart, they're kind of like, oh, like, oh grumpy. yeah, they. How do they respond? Oh yes, well, some some people, lots of most of the men just don't say anything, <laughs> and then, then some men just say, well, this is not enough, enough data, oh, not enough classic, uh, classic, yes, yes, <laughs> not enough people. And then I I tell them, oh, incidentally, they did the same study. Back in '90s, which is not publicized, between '95 and 2000, and uh, this was only S&P 500. I forget the details, but I have to check. And there again, in that same prior, result, yeah, same result. Not three times, but it was women were much better, had a much better returns. Still, I performed uh, to oh, a much sub- proper. And they've done study group. after study to see which company has the f- most female board members versus which companies doesn't and the difference is phenomenal yeah wow man send those our way yeah it's huge love it yeah Yeah, i've even heard the statistic about um the companies that have at least three 
women on boards mm-hmm. for a sustained period of time. You had to, you know, like three to five years. Mm-hmm. And it was, I won't get it exactly, but it was in the 80s. 83, I thought it was, percent better return on sales. Man, that's so awesome. By having that. And a lot of companies are like doing this check mark thing where they'll get one woman and kind of say, we have diversity right, now. we checked the box. Do you see that? I don't really follow the public companies now. Because you're I all focus. interested I'm in on the small, the I'm startups. I'm startup companies yeah. now. Yeah. So totally. I do you say, I love your strategy of showing the one set of data and then waiting for the, well, you don't really have enough data response, and then throwing out the second set of data. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes. a very good strategy. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to take that with me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so that's why most of us give all the data, right? We actually talk about the not just the first, 2004 to 2002 to 14. Right. But we'll also talk about the 90 to 95. You need to hold that back. Hold one back. So that you can whip that out. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Excellent strategy. But it's also older data. So I was trying to show them the newer data. Then if they get, you know, and I should emphasize uh, that I have invested in companies founded by men. Of course. Right, of course. And they are doing well too. So I just, yeah. Yes, but we'd like to emphasize for our podcast that it seems like women outperform the male companies. Okay. As as aggregate, yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure I I understood. That's wonderful. But there's always exceptions, of course. So it's not like you're a man hater. That's, I thank you. That's what you're trying to say. I have no no bias Bias against against men. men. Love it. <laughs> All right. Shall we get into our segment? I love it. And, oh, I have the study of the episode, so yes. I'll go first. So please. Give me my jingle, please. Do, 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 do. Study of the soda. <laughs> Brain fool's like, what is happening? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> we, we put real music in there later. Oh, okay. But that, for that, now, that, that would sound we better. need a little, yeah. Oh, he said that will sound better. Did you hear him? I wasn't even planning on putting in real music. Oh, God help us. You I was, need I to. I was just going to do the jingle. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, even, that's funny. Even Perfol says, God help us, don't do it. Okay, fine. Okay, I okay. I add that to my to-do Please list. tell us about uh, the relevant research that you found. Okay, so my study of the sode is from the National Women's Business Council, NWBC.org. Okay, so this study is called Understanding the Landscape, Access to Capital for Women Entrepreneurs. And the key takeaways from the research clearly demonstrate that gender differences are not subject to startups only, but continue to be an ongoing challenge as women-owned businesses start to scale. So these are some of the key findings. Compared with men, women business owners raise smaller amounts of capital to finance their firms and are more reliant on personal rather than external sources of financing. Um, Initial disparities in the levels of startup capital in women-owned businesses as compared with men-owned businesses do not disappear in the years following startup. Um, A key difference between men and women regarding bootstrapping, which is financing a business without external capital, is that women choose bootstrapping instead of overdrafts and men choose bootstrap finance to supplement overdrafts. Mm. 
and then this was something that I thought was interesting, is the one area in raising capital where women have proven to excel is crowdfunding. Although more men use seed crowdfunding, research shows that women are more successful in this growing funding arena. This most likely stems from women's unique social network makeup, as women have been found to have larger and closer social networks, which could benefit them in this funding system. Interesting. I know. Now, and let's ask the expert. What do you think about it? <laughs> I agree. Uh, typically, women under-forecast their revenues compared to men, mm-hmm. and they over-forecast expenses compared to men. Okay. So women run the businesses with, with substantially smaller amount of money mm-hmm. than men do. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Which helps them be successful. Right. And I think it's interesting that they're so much more successful with the like GoFundMe's and the Kickstarters. The creative it, right, ways of because investing. Because of how strong their networks are. Oh, yeah. Which I think is because, like you were saying, the women follow up with you and they're considerate and they keep you in the loop and they invite you to events. I think that's why. Do you think that's, that's the way it is? Part of it, that's correct. Other mm-hmm. part is that uh, when you are crowdfunding, you are not talking to it. VCs in a one-on-one level. Okay. So they are focused now on, on the product. And the people who invest in crowdfunding are typically looking to see what the product is and how useful it is for them. Oh, so you kind of go around the bias because right. it's only about the product. product yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right. I like it. If it's also kind of when our episode about negotiating your pay, what if the female business owners aren't asking for as much off the bat? You mean in terms of investment, angel investment? Yes. That's a good point. Uh, Do you see men asking you for more? Yeah, men. Than women? That's, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, they do ask for more. Wow. I mean, that falls in line with everything we've seen. Yeah, Yeah. when you're asking for your first salary. Yeah. I think as to why it's because what they've heard from talking to other entrepreneurs and where they stand, what the landscape is like in getting the funding it's harder for, for women it's, it's harder much for women. much harder mm-hmm. they have to go to more people it's like with sales you if you need 25 sales you need to go after a thousand to get 100 meetings to close 25 right right it's exactly the same thing with women founders they have to go to a lot more people and get less money wow to get less money, you have to go to Grim. more people. Oh, well, let, I think we it's time for some positive news. <laughs> what do you think? Yes, I agree. Please okay. cheer me up. And it's interesting because this is actually, it was reported in Bloomberg.com news. Um, but it's a story about Korea and a specific CEO of an asset management company, uh, Called, his name is John Lee Merritts, and he wants to prove that gender equality is actually good for profits. All right. And so he joined them as a CEO five years ago, this Merritts um, Asset Management, and his name is John Lee. The company is actually Merritts uh, Asset Management. Okay. And when few women were in positions of power at the firm this five years before, Yet things at the sole-based company have changed. Today, the head of marketing is female, eight of the 10 fund sales staff are women, and the investment team is pretty much at parity, gender parity. Wow. 
So he has a bigger ambition now to prove it can be profitable to invest in Korean companies that push for women's empowerment. So he's created a women-focused fund aimed at promoting female participation in South Korean companies. He, and and Merit's, um, the company says it's the first of its kind in the country's financial industry. Wow, that's cool. And what I liked about it is uh, the Women's Fund adds criteria related to gender diversity and equality, such as the ratio of women employees, the directors at a firm, as well as work-life balance policies. Yeah. And it reminded me of your story uh, around how many women were leading and, and how they were doing better. It, you you want to see if this guy really can be successful in proving this, right? He goes on to say that Korean women are highly educated, but they don't have equal opportunities in the corporate world. Um, these highly qualified, highly educated women definitely can contribute to shareholders' value. That's always my thinking. So I just thought he was such a neat example yeah that's awesome of someone seeing um the shift right my because hope is that in 20 30 years there will not be an issue where all the women or men will get the equal opportunity right but that's for my now to even the scales and to move things quicker as you said earlier was too slow at the very beginning of the podcast right and at this time i think the the funds that focus on helping our women are going to outperform the other funds. Ooh, so you believe John Lee, just what John Lee does. Correct. Wonderful. Well, let's hope that we could do a follow-up on this and yeah. see how, th- how they're performing, right? On your news story? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. I will make a note of it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Prayerful, for coming and hanging out with us and recording the podcast. Thank you. I want to see what it really sounds like now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send Always you. better than Always you think. Better. <laughs> I just think it's so great that VCs invest 5% in female-owned companies and you are doing 50-50. That's so amazing to me. So on behalf of all women, I we thank, thank you. you. Yes. <laughs> My pleasure. And remember, your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. (laughs) (laughs) Drum roll. And we're out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Undervalued. If you want to follow us in other ways, we're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Undervalued the Podcast. We'd love to hear from you via email. Email us your questions, stories, if you need advice, things like that. Our email is undervaluedthepodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, which is undervaluedthepodcast.com. And if you like what you heard, please rate us so that others can find us and get as encouraged as you've been, hopefully, this episode. And if you really loved us, feel free to donate at our donation page, which is patreon.com slash undervaluedthepodcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah.